this year is going to be different. You said that before? You say that this morning? That usually centers around the three F's and a Q. The three F's. You know what I'm talking about. Fitness. Right? Sorry, I heard a, a hearty laugh, right? I'm going to... I'm going to stop being about fitness in my mouth and, uh, right? And I'm going to be like fitness in the gym. I'm going to be about fitness. About food. I'm going to eat healthier. We got you off to the right start with donuts this morning. <laughs> fitness, food, and finances. Right, we're going to save more. We're going, to, we're going to be more financially responsible. Those are the three things that we say that we're going to do. Fitness, food, and finances. It's going to be different this year. And then there's the one cue, the kind of outlier. And we're going to quit some things. We're going to quit some bad habits. Maybe even, maybe even quit a, a relationship. Hope springs eternal on January 1st, doesn't it? And this year... We even have a little bit of extra time to plan and prepare because January 1st is on a Sunday and most people have tomorrow off. So it kind of, it's like January 1B, <laughs> right? But on January 3rd, reality hits. And we have to decide, like, can, are we, is this year really going to be different? And all the plans we make, I mean, the rubber meets the road. And sometimes all the work that, that we want to put into making the year different sometimes is overwhelmed by the worries that we carry over from the last year into this year. And there's no shortage of what to worry about. We're worried about the economy and our parents' health. We're worried about the decisions of our adult children and that they're making and how they are impacting our grandchildren. We're worried about our kids going into kindergarten, into middle school, into high school, off to college, or into the real world. We're worried about the culture wars and the actual war in Ukraine. We're worried about gas prices and inflation. We're worried about the radical far left and the Christian nationalist far right. We're worried about the next presidential election. We're worried about the test results from a biopsy, and we're worried about what they're teaching our kids in school. We're worried about the effects of social media on the next generation, and we're worried about how much time we ourselves spend on social media. We're worried about a lack of justice and worried about a lack of righteousness. We're worried about the unknown future and worried about the lingering effects of our past. We're worried about our waistline and cholesterol and mental health, and we're worried about how our worrying might be having an effect on our mental health. We're worried because, as I just mentioned, there's a lot to worry about. There's a lot going on in the world to worry about. And by the end of our time today, I, I hope to show you how it doesn't have to be this way. How even though there is a lot to worry about it, that we don't have to worry about it. But the truth is, is that we often worry first, that this is often our reflex. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you are a worrier. We're not starting off 2023 with confession time. 
But if a lot of us were honest, we would say that this is, this is kind of our, our first go-to, first thing we do. And because the list of, is so long about all the stuff, there's a lot to worry about in this world, we have more fuel for the fire. Jesus actually talked about worry and why it shouldn't be the first thing that we go to, that maybe there's something else we should do first. And since today is the first day of the first month at the very beginning of a brand new year, I want to talk about this, and I, and I think this is relevant to all of us in the room, all of you watching online, wherever you are, and all of you, no matter our age, because the root, the root of our worry is this, control. We worry about what we cannot and what we do not and what we are unable to control. That's why we worry. Circumstances, health, the economy, politics, the decisions of other people, we don't have control over them. And so they heighten our worry. And these devices, which I love, these devices, which I love, have only, I thought about this, think about this, have only given us access to more things that we don't have control over. Teenagers, they now know the party that they didn't get invited to in real time. They see the comments of someone on one of their posts that they thought was their friend in real time. We see injustice. Used to, you did not know if there were injustices all the way across the world. But now we see the injustices all over the world in real time. We see the comments of every politician in the union. We see decisions of friends and family are making in real time. You saw some pictures of some people celebrating New Year's or Christmas this year, of friends and family, and this is what you said. He's dating her? She's back with him? And you don't have any control over it. And 30 years ago, you would not have known, but you got to see a picture in real time this year. We have access now to WebMD, which makes us think that we have a potentially fatal disease because we have a pimple. Right? Your doctor loves it when you're like, well, I did read WebMD this morning, so this is what I think it is after 15 minutes of research. Worry, worry feels like we are, it feels like we are affecting control. Even though we know we're not. It feels like it is a false sense of control because we feel like somehow worry will impact the outcome. And we're going to see Jesus address this this obsession that we have over control, which leads to worry. And this is what I love about Jesus. He tells us how to combat it, and it's the perfect thing to consider on this very first day of the year. But incidentally, I just learned this the other day. Did you know that there are 53 Sundays in the year this year? Not 52. Whatever the first day of the year is, there's also it's, there's 53 of that day. So we have 53 Sundays this year. 
And this is a great thing to consider. It is found in Matthew 6, and you heard a little snippet of it in that song that our band sang just, just a second ago. Matthew 6, start in verse 25. If you got your Bible open, you got your app, you're at home, you're sitting there with your Bible in your lap, and if you are here and you don't have a Bible, take one at the bookshelf. We want it to be our gift to you. This is what it says in Matthew 6, 25. These are the words of Jesus. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Okay, come on, Jesus. Easy for you to say, you can control everything, right? You're God. You're God. You can walk on water. The wind and the waves know your name. You can turn water into wine. You can raise the dead. You can turn a few fish and loaves into a feast. I mean, easy for you to say, Jesus, you don't seem to have any worries in the world. You're God. I mean, come on, Jesus. Do you know what the inflation rate is? I mean, have you seen interest rates? Have you looked at the economy? Do you know the other party's talking points? Do you know what my blood pressure is, Jesus? Easy for you to say. Don't worry. And then what Jesus says next is, is frankly kind of unrelatable because it is so period-centric. It is to a culture 2,000 years ago and to an economy much different than ours, but but I want you to lean in because what he says relates to us in our world 2,000 years later. Do not worry about your life. And then he goes on. You see there's a comma. Don't worry about what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So these are very basic needs. And let's be honest. Now, there may be some of you watching, some of us in the room, who had a season in our life. There may be who had a season in our life where you literally didn't know where your next meal was going to come from. Or you, could, you worried that you were literally not going to be able to afford clothes for the new school year for your kids. Some of you may have had a season. But come on. Most of us are in a suburban world where we have never worried about where our next meal is gonna come from. We have never worried about if we were gonna have enough to eat, if we we're gonna be able to feed our family, if we were gonna give clothes. What Jesus is saying, though, is something that relates to all of us. Because though your world is not this agrarian world, our world has the same problem. Jesus says, what you guys are doing, what you're worried about, this is what you're doing. You're internalizing the external. They lived in a world very, that food literally had to be grown. They had no control over the weather. They had no control over the, the condition of the soil. They did not have an irrigation system, right? If they did, it was very rudimentary. Uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't have control over what the crop was going to be. Clothes were literally traded and, I mean, there was, or made. It, it depended on maybe how you were going to hunt if you had leather. I mean, so, so this was, this was a, but, but there were so many external factors. 
And what Jesus is saying is that you are bringing into your heart external things you don't control. So, for you and me, we may not have ever worried about where our next meal was going to come from or if we're going to have clothes, but I'll bet you have internalized the external. Right? You have let someone else's behavior, not yours, something external, get internal in you. You have, let, you have sat down and watched your favorite news channel and heard what was going on over there or with this people or with those people, and it's totally out of your control, and it's external, and it has begun to affect you in here, internal. You have seen factors. You have seen the economy. You have seen other things that have been external, and you have let them get inside of you. You have let, and I have let, things completely out of our control make us anxious. Or am I the only one? And Jesus said, here's why you don't need to do that. Here's why you don't need to internalize the external. This is why you don't need to do that. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? How much more does he love you, we sang? We say this around here, right? God is for you. God cares for the birds. Don't you think he's going to care for you? Haven't you heard the phrase, happy as a lark? If a lark's happy, you're more valuable. We, worry is often rooted in the belief that God is going to let us down. And what Jesus is saying is that God is not going to let you down. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. But Carter, I have had worry come true. I have worried that a test result would come back positive, and it did. I have worried that she'd break my heart, that he'd break my heart, and they did. I have worried that my kid would have an accident, and they did. And when that happens, it feels like our, it validates our worry. And moreover, you're really smart, so you know that just because God loves you and just because we believe that God is for us doesn't mean that we are immune to bad things happening to us. I cannot promise that 2023 will not hold some bad things for you. I don't think Jesus is promising that with the next question that he asked, which is so piercing. I love this question from Jesus. Where he says, don't worry. Don't worry about what you wear, about your body, about your food. Look at the birds. And then he says, after all, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can, can you add a single hour to you? In other words, has worry ever actually benefited you? Has it ever affected the outcome? <clears throat> has it ever given you that thing you lack? Control. Have you, ever, have you ever gotten a call from your teenager and they got to their destination safely and you're so worried about their driving and you hung up the phone and said, thank God I worried so much, that did the trick. 
Has worry ever actually given you what you lack, which is control? Another way, just what Jesus is saying is, does worry work? Does worry actually work? Has it ever allowed you to go back in time and fix what went wrong? Has it ever added a single hour to your life so that you would have more time to control the outcome? And we all know the answer to that question. It's a rhetorical question. No, Jesus. No, I don't. I, I've never been given another hour. And then Jesus doubles down. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> and why do you worry about clothes? Because i got to have some drip, Jesus. Come on. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he much more clothe you, you of little faith? The flowers are like the birds, Jesus says. God loves you more. The birds are not made in God's image. You are. The flowers are not made in God's image. You are. You are the pinnacle of his creation. And here's the kicker then Jesus says at the end. The root of our worry is a lack of what? Faith. Faith is the other side of the control coin. If you have control, you don't need faith. We, me and Brooks at the beginning were talking about food and Christmas dinner. <clears throat> when you cook Christmas dinner and you say, I'll take care of it, I'll take care of it, you know it's going to be good, right? Yeah, come on. I got some cooks in the house. Because you're in control, right? I got this. Have you ever, have, some of you, have you ever yielded? yielded control to let, let the daughter-in-law cook that side dish. Let the son cook that. Like, you, you yielded control. And you, you I mean, like, the, like, on the way there, you, like, look at your spouse, and you're like, I hope it's good, right? Because <laughs> you ain't got nothing but faith at that point. You have yielded control. You don't need faith if you have control. And Jesus says, you are so hungry for control, that's why, that's, that's why you worry. The, the replacement for this worry on that side of the coin is faith. If you don't have control, you have to make a conscious decision to choose faith. We struggle because of a lack of faith. And then Jesus says, so do not worry, saying, he talks about these very basic needs that were so relatable to them in their culture. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Don't, don't worry about those things. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. Don't worry about all these things that are out of your control. That's what people who have no faith do. People who do not know the living God, 
But we, Jesus says, act differently. We are people of faith, and I'm speaking specifically here to Christians. Jesus says, if you're, this is what, who we are. We are people of faith. We are children of a Father who knows what we don't know, and we trust Him. We put our faith in Him. And spoiler alert, He's not worried. God has never worried a day in His existence. We are children of a God who does not worry, a Father who is not worried. And then Jesus gives us a solution, and it's a matter of priority. It's really about how to build. What Jesus gives us is how to build faith. Listen to what this verse says. Some of you have probably heard this. Maybe you memorized this verse. If you grew up in church or you've been around church, if you're new to church or faith, it's a, great, it's a great one to memorize. But seek, what does it say? First. Don't worry first. Don't fret first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek the kingdom First, our reflex shouldn't be to worry, but to seek God first, to seek the kingdom first, to pursue our relationship with Jesus first, to lean into his righteousness and his ways first. And then it says, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, does that mean that you will always get everything you want, that everything will always be taken care of, and you won't ever have anything left that would even be worth worrying about? Well, the word for these things, it's in the New Testament 247 times. It's a very common and generic term. It means things. <laughs> it's just stuff. It's just the general stuff. Just things will take care of themselves, Jesus seems to be saying. All the stuff, if you'll just take care of yourself, does that mean... So I could read this and be like, okay, so if I just get up every morning and I spend a lot of time reading his word and I just seek him first, I won't have to work and God will feed me? And God will give me designer clothes because he said he's going to clothe me and he's going to feed me? It means that if I seek him first and if I seek his righteousness, then I will dig into his word and I'll know that his word says to do whatever you find to do, to do it with all your might and to do it as if you're working for the Lord. And I want to tell you something. If you do your job with all your might and as if you are working for the Lord, you will never get fired. You'll be the best employee and you will eat just fine. You will eat just fine because you sought him first and that's how you chose to live your life as an employee, as an employer, to do it as if you're doing it for the Lord. I promise you, if you do that, you will not have any trouble finding a job and you'll eat just fine. His way is better. And, and before I wrap this up with some really practical steps, we're gonna give you some super practical things because man, on January 1st, I just need some practical stuff. Here's how Jesus closes this out. And that's so important with 364 days ahead of us in 2023 that we want to be different. The last verse. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. And I love this. You zero in on this. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What Jesus is saying is that tomorrow, 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 tomorrow is out of your control. You can't do anything tomorrow. Do you know why? Because tomorrow's not today. Today has trouble, today has issues, and today gives you the one thing that you don't get on any of the other 364 days of the year. You know what today gives you? You get control today. You cannot control what happened yesterday. And you do not control tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't even happened yet. But today, you get to choose what you do today. We control today. And I promise you that if you will worry less and focus on the kingdom first in the day that you have in front of you, it will be amazing what God does in and through you in this year. What Jesus is saying is that we control what comes first. We control what comes first. And so often we think about someday, and so often we think about what I'm going to do this year or next month. We get set. Uh, but Jesus says we get to set the priorities in our lives. We get to determine what every morning looks like every day. You get to decide what comes first. And so I normally try to have like a take-home statement for you to just kind of chew on during the weekend. This is sort of it. We control what comes first. But today, I just want to give us kind of a mantra on the first day of 2023 that will hopefully last the rest of 2023. And I wonder if this will just be a mantra for you that you would own today and own every day after today, every today that comes after this day. And this is it, 2023. I'm going to put kingdom first. Kingdom first. What if instead of a reflex of worry, we control what we control every single day. Does the kingdom come first for you? Does it get the first of your day? Does it get the first of your thoughts? Does it get the first of your week? Does it get the first of your money, the first of your emotions, the first of your time, the first of your relationships, the first of your family? And what this means, and I'm going to give you some super practical things to take home and do. We're going to give you a, a, a kind of a gift today to help you do some of those practical things. But what this simply means is that I'm going to put the kingdom first in every moment in my life. I am going to make my relationship with Jesus Christ the primary, primary motivating factor of my life, that I am going to start my day, I am going to start my week with his truth, remembering that I am loved, I am redeemed, I am restored, I am forgiven. He has sent his son for me because he is for me, because he loves me, because he gave up his life for me, because I have his mercy, I have his grace, and I am promised his resurrection in Jesus. And no matter what happens in this life, no matter what happens from this day forward, I'm going to first remember I am a child of the Most High God for whom Jesus gave his life for. And that's going to come first in my life. And you might have some days that are bummers in your year. But nothing can take that away if you will put it first. So I'm going to give you some super practical things, okay? Three things, three first. 
I want to challenge you to this year. And we're going to give you this when you leave. I'm going to tell you what this is. It's got these three things on here. You're like, I'm going to forget these. I didn't bring a pen. It's New Year's Day. I made it to church, okay? I mean, that's right. You're going to remember. We're going to give you this. This is pretty cool. This is a special thing, okay? The first 10 minutes of my day. Oftentimes you're like, okay, I need to get up an hour early and read and pray. And if you do that or you can do that, glory to God. Could you just give him 10 minutes? Start off the first 10 minutes. And maybe that will grow to 12, 15, 30. 10 minutes of my day. I'm going to read. The, I'm going to get in his word. I'm going to read a Bible verse. I'm going to, um, I'm going to pray. I'm going to journal. Okay, now we're going to help you get started off in the month of January. You're going to be able to, we're going to give you, if you're on our email list, if you're not on our email list, we're going to make sure you're on there. And you can opt out of this in about eight or ten days, but we're going to put everybody on there. We're going to send you every day, we're going to send you a devotion for the month of January with a Bible verse, a prayer, and a song, and a worship song. Okay? First ten minutes of my day. First thing I listen to. Whether you're getting ready, brushing your teeth, turn on a worship song, turn on the, you can go to the Bible app and it'll read the Bible for you. I, I made a thing that I just listen to worship music when I'm in the shower. Like I just, I just want to start my day that way. Maybe it's why you're making kids lunches. Maybe it's why you're getting ready, whatever it is. It's the first thing I'm listening to. I'm not going to turn it on my news channel. First thing I'm going to listen to is praise to the king. First thing, first 10 minutes of my day, first thing I listen to. I'm going to seek the kingdom first. And the first of my week, congratulations, you did it. I'm, I'm going to make worship a priority. I, I'm going to make being with a body of believers a priority. And I'm going to make a part of church. And if I'm out of town, we're going we're gonna to tune in online. We're going to be, we're going to make a commitment. I'm going to make a first of my week a commitment for my family. Maybe it's on Sunday nights. You say, hey, that's the night we're going to do a family devotion together. We're going to get things set for the first of our week. This is why I think serving is so important. This is why I think serving is so important because it is saying I'm going to not just come and consume on the first of my week, but I'm going to give God my time, my resources, my talents to use at the first of the week. God, I'm going to give you an hour of worship. I'm going to give you an hour of serving and just see what you'll do with it, Lord. This is what I think small, this is what small groups is. Small groups says, I'm going to give you the first of my week. In other words, that I'm going to calendar my week because here's what people will say. Well, I just don't have time for a small group. So the kingdom gets last in your calendar? No, I'm going to set priority the first thing that happens in my calendar when I look at my week is the kingdom. So this has those things in it, and it's waterproof. And I want you to get one to put in your shower. And you got kids, and they got their own showers. Maybe they use them. Um, <laughs> grab enough for your whole family to put in their showers. Just when you're in the shower, you shower at night, you shower in the morning, you just remember this. Maybe that shower time is your first 10 minutes. Your first, you know, five minutes, or I'm going to listen to some worship music, I'm going to pray, and it's just going to be a reminder that if I get up, if I shower at night, I get up in the morning, I'm going to remember to do these things. If it's first thing in the morning, I'm going to remember to do these things. God, you get what comes first. This is not some magic pill. 
This is called spiritual discipline. It's discipleship, it's faith building, it's strengthening our faith muscle, it's giving him priority, it's kingdom first. Jesus said, just try it and just see what will be added to your life because you put him first. And can I just say, I said I'm talking to Christians, you don't have to be a believer to do this. This may be the first step of faith you've ever done and you say, I'm curious about God, I would love if you just did this. Like, hey, first 10 minutes of my day, I'm gonna read, I'm curious about God, I'm gonna read his word. You may have never done anything in your faith walk besides come to church, and this is the first time. Just try it, Jesus says, and see what will be added onto you. You may be in a spiritual rut. Just try it. You may be mad at God. Just try it. It's the first day of the first month of a brand new year, and you got a million things to worry about but you control what comes first. What if you decided that I'm going to put kingdom first on the only thing I got, and that's today. And I'm just going to let tomorrow worry about itself. Because I serve a king who was in my yesterday with me today and will be with me already, waiting tomorrow. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus for us. We want to be reminded, we want to be reminded that we are kingdom people, and Lord, we confess that we are worriers, because this world's broken and got a lot to worry about. And it's not like the calendar turned to January 1st and all our personal and family problems went away. But we can step into a new path today. We put you first. And as this song we're about to sing says, Lord, we just want to say, we want to make ourselves available to you. First of our day, first thing we hear, first of our week. Because God, we want you first in our lives. And we don't want to just say it. We want to be people who live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we sing to make ourselves available?